Hello and welcome to Secrets of Organ Playing podcast. We are your hosts, Vidas Pinkavichus and Oshamut Zeta Pinkavichin. We've been mastering secrets of organ playing for more than 20 years and sharing them on this blog since 2011. On this show, which we create from our home in Vilnius, Lithuania, we strive to help you grow in every area of organ playing, including practice, technique, repertoire, sight reading, hymn playing, improvisation, composition, music theory, harmony, and many others. Our hope is to help you become a complete musician, or what we call as total organist, a program which we have created to help you reach your dreams faster than you would do on your own. If you are new here, we invite you to subscribe to receive free updates of this blog at organduo.lt. By subscribing, you will also receive free video on how to master any organ composition and 10-day organ playing mini course. And now let's go to the podcast for today. Hi guys, this is Vidas. And Usha. Let's start episode 397 of Secrets of Organ Playing Podcast. This question was sent by Rob. He writes, Dear Vidas and Usha, I have purchased several of your fingerings of old music and find them extremely useful. When I learned to play the organ in the 60s, I was taught a legato style that, for example, discouraged using the same finger consecutively or consecutively for different notes. It's liberating to see you doing this all the time and your method makes my playing feel more natural and more musical. I have two questions. First, is your fingering method standard for 16th to 18th century organ music? Or is it to some extent personal? Would you and Oshara, for example, come up uh, with essentially the same fingering for any given early piece? Second, following on from that, how important do you think it is for a student to stick closely to your to your fingerings? Right now I'm learning Bach's Passacaglia with your fingerings and I like them a lot. But occasionally they lead to my making mistakes that I wouldn't ordinarily make using a more modern style. For example, in measures 204 until 207 during the fugue, the left hand has a pattern of arpeggiated 16th notes at intervals of a third with three descending groups per measure. Your finger all three groups for two for two for two, uh, which I find hard to play without hitting wrong notes and becoming choppy. It's much easier for me to use two one for two five three. In a case like this, would you recommend that someone try to master your fingerings as being more authentic and conducive to a better interpretation in the long run, or is it legitimate to adapt them to one's personal comfort? With thanks and best wishes to you both, Rob. That's a very thoughtful response Rob gave us, right? Yes, it's a very nice letter. Well, you know, as answering, you know, Rob's question, uh, this, you know, fingering that that we create, 
Robust, if you know, if my fingering and Vida's fingering would be exactly the same for the same piece. You you say it would be exactly the same. Well, it would be very similar. Very similar. That's what I want to say. That it would be very similar. Mm-hmm. Maybe we could be different in some in some particular spots. Mm-hmm. There might be you know slight slight differences, but in general, I think it would be almost the same or very similar. Even though our personalities are different, our fingerings are similar. Yes, because that's what Baroque music requires. And yes, this type of fingering is suited for pieces written between 16th and 18th century. Of course, you know, the more complex music is, as Bach, for example, the more new ways you have to introduce into a fingering. Modern fingering, a yes, little bit. but still avoid um, finger substitutions. I think. Yes, and sometimes if you know if you find a spot which is completely difficult for you to play, let's say now fingering, you might do of course slight adjustments. Mm-hmm. But uh, about that particular spot in Pasakali, I think what this meant by making making those groups or forty um, forty. It is that you know the same intervals are played with the same fingers in that time, which was sort of like a general knowledge, because it helps you to articulate. Because why we need this fingering, in order you know, to to make baroque music sound like baroque music, which is all based on you know, articulating each note. And you could get exactly same effect with playing and using modern fingering, but then you would really have to control yourself very hardly in each measure, in each note. Mm-hmm. When you are using early fingering, then it helps you to do articulation without so much thinking about it. It becomes more natural. Yes. I don't know if it makes sense. You can you know, continue my my talk. Do you agree? Uh, I'm looking at this passage in Pasakalia where there are 16 note triplets mm-hmm. and I write 2, 3, 4, 2, 3, 4, 2, 3, 4. I think this is the spot that that Rav refers to because we don't yes, have so, number yes. n- uh, measure numbers. We yes, don't have. yes. But it seems like that spot, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the reason I do two, three, four is to avoid the thump on the sharp keys or the flat keys. But in fast tempo, you need to be very precise, and it's not very easy. And also because you know you start each triplet with you know the same finger, mm-hmm. you have, of course, to articulate for two. Maybe Rob could try the trick that I think is applicable to all organ music in general not to lift the fingers of the keyboard basically keep them in contact with the keys at all times and um, therefore the movements will be more economical and maybe more precise right Um, what do you think Osha here 
Yes, I, I couldn't agree more. But actually in this part, yes, I would use exactly the same fingering as you wrote in. Mm-hmm. 2-3-4, it's uh, for the right hand ascending or for the left hand descending and vice versa, 4-3-2, for the right hand descending and left hand ascending. That's kind of natural to me, but uh, if Rob, uh, you know, has trouble, I think it's, you know, it's appropriate to change some things. Uh, to to their own hand position, but try to avoid finger substitutions. That's my point. As you said, with Bach you can add more modern fingerings because he uses modern keys and modern figures. But still, and textures sometimes and textures, so thick uh, that you need to to use almost all fingers at the same time. But most of the time you could get away. Without finger substitutions, most of the time. That's right. Yes, finger substitution in general is not you know not a good thing in Baroque music. I I encountered a few places even in Bach where you had to use finger substitution because the texture, as you say, was yes, like thick. maybe five voices That's in, right. in, in in hands at the end of the piece. You know, not in the in middle. Cadences but, where he adds mm-hmm. extra voices. Then then yes. But uh, but that's an exception, I, think, I would say. Sure, it's not a rule. Excellent. So that's that's the second part of of uh, of Rob's question. The first part of his question uh, asks us about if we would use the same fingering, um, you know, for any early piece. I would just add. Um, that it depends on the school of composition, uh, the, the the geographical area, basically. If it's Spanish, it's one way. Uh, North German, it's a little bit different. Italian, different. French also should be different uh, because ornaments are different, right? That's right. And strong, strong fingers are different in, in, in one... Uh, area they used uh, two and three as the stronger fingers and in in um, in the left hand they also used uh, two and three but sometimes two and one two and one and yes. actually if you are interested you could study some of the iconography related to um, portative organ mm-hmm. you know it's it was very common let's say to paint either Saint Cecilia or or angels playing portative organs. And sometimes, you know, you can see hand very closely. And you can even figure out what what fingers, you know, angel or Saint Cecilia used. Hmm. And it's a bizarre looking thing. I wonder how come there is no iconography of piglets and hedgehogs playing portative organs? Probably we never did. Maybe they don't have enough fingers. Yes, if you are a pig, you only have two fingers, so not much of a choice. So natural pair fingering. Right, two and three, or two and four. Wonderful, guys. Please send us your wonderful questions in the future. We love helping you grow. And remember, when you practice... Miracles happen. This blog is supported by Total Organist, 
the most comprehensive organ training program online where you will find courses for every area of organ playing, including technique, practice, sight reading, repertoire playing, hymn playing, improvisation, composition, music theory and harmony, with hundreds of scores and thousands of exercises. Here is what some of the students are saying. Hugh writes, the sight reading course has helped me tremendously. Thank you very much for SS courses and all your help. Robert writes, I found the fingerings, registration ideas and general comments to be excellent. John writes, I have found your download very helpful. It was really excellent. I have watched some of your teaching videos and when I read your instructions. I try to imagine you are there teaching me. You may feel disappointed that I am two three days behind, but I am a slow learner and I have committed to taking the time to get it right as you say. But the other night my wife commented that she had never heard me play such a detailed melody in the left hand so well. My left hand is generally poor. Robert writes, It has been a great pleasure in my life of having discovered your courses and material as well as the YouTube work of recordings. You have a calm and pleasant way of teaching. Ron writes, Hi Vida thank you guys. What a wonderful response to my email note to you. You've got me right, and I feel you understand my level of playing. Yes, at home and lucky that I have an organ for that reason. I am paying attention to this, and I am going to try this haha no longer secret model. Yes, and I love Caesar Frank too. What is very nice about your blog podcast is that Osha and Vidas are like a Socratic dialogue, and by bouncing things off of each other, so much more information comes out and is expressed. Your comments contain a wealth of information and understanding. I really appreciate this. It is very inspiring and will keep us moving forward. Would you like to receive the same or even better results that our students are getting? If so, join them at organduo.lt slash total-organist. And of course, you will get the first month free too. You can cancel anytime. Also, if you haven't yet subscribed to receive free updates of this blog, make sure you do that at organduo.lt. By subscribing, you will also receive free video how to master any organ composition and... 10-day organ playing mini course. This was Vidas and Osha from Secrets of Organ Playing. And remember, when you practice, miracles happen.